0: Sometimes, all you got to do is take that step and get started and you can be surprised. You really can sometimes surprise yourself at what the outcomes can be.
1: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Taren Shum and in this special episode with Lindsay Stewart, we are delving into another one of his clients and the experience with investing in the US property market. We find out about his client's personal situation and background, why she was surprised after investing in the US, the risk factor that comes with investing over there and much, much more. In this episode, we are learning more about the U.S. property market and how to get into it, and we'll be taking a look at a single mum investing in the U.S. market.
0: The diversity of the clientele of people that invest in the U.S. is is quite extreme, which is great. You know, we, we've had all sorts of people. From, you know, we, we spoke previously about you know high-level entrepreneurs wanting to invest money to diversify portfolios, but you know, we also have single mums coming to us. So you know, we had a, a a lady come up to us just in the middle of last year, and. You know, she, she'd she uh, sold a business here in Melbourne, actually, um, and moved up to the Gold Coast. Uh, a, a goal of hers was always to live on the Gold Coast. She really it was sort of a dream of hers and she wanted to start a business up there. But in the year or two that she'd been there, she was finding it very, very difficult to actually get the business off the ground. So, you know, after this period of time of actually not having any income coming in and, and, and you know, trying to get a business going, she sort of was starting to panic and think, hey, well, how is she going to be able to develop an income? So that's when she sort of reached out and said, look, is this something that could help? And and I I said to to her, to Wanda, I said, well, look, absolutely you can. And so long as you understand in cases like this, developing, using property investment as an income is great, but you have to understand you've got to look at it more from a business standpoint. There's a period of time where you are investing money and you're investing time into this business before it's able to give you a return. But after a while, it does start to give you a return and that return will start to build. And that's generally how properties work. So it's not like a job where you're going to you know, invest 40 hours and then get a return for that. Um, you, you, I look at property and I tell people to look at property more of a, as a business um, and to be in the business of property investing. And I think that's an important difference. And she understood that and, and, and said, yeah, look, that's she understands and she's, she was able to go ahead. So we were able to get in and, and over the next sort of six months, buy two properties for her. Again, we were able to buy one property in, in, a, in a very solid area actually in Michigan. Um, she bought it very cheap. She bought the property for, would you believe, fifteen thousand US dollars—an amazing price. Now the property needed a lot of work, both exterior and interior.
1: Getting the property for an amazing price like that, there must have been a lot of work that needed to be done on that property.
0: If I was to show you a picture of the house, it'd look like a car had backed into the corner of the house. Right? I'd have knocked all the bricks out. So there was, you know, I guess what it would normally do is that sort of thing could quite could scare a lot of people away, but. Um, but no, she she, um, she stuck with it. She bought the property. Uh, she spent nearly just a shade over $40,000 on renovations, including you know the brickwork and tuck points exterior, fixing up a lot of the steps. Interior, just about a full, you know, brand new kitchens, brand two brand new bathrooms, four-bedroom home, quite a sizable home. You're talking about 1,500 square foot, which I think is something like, I think that's about 150 squares, I think, in Australia, something along those lines anyway. But... Um, you know, so that it was quite a quite a beautiful home. She so she's had spent probably about sixty five thousand uh, US all up, but then was very pleased when we had a realtor come through and they had a valuer come in to value the property for her, and they valued the property at one hundred and fifteen to one hundred and twenty five thousand US dollars, which absolutely you know floored her. She didn't, and yeah, and I must admit. I must admit even I had no i didn't I mean we sort of estimated for her that her sale price would be something around that 90 95 you know which would have given her a 30 percent return on her investment which is quite nice but um, but to come in at, at sort of 115 to 125 was was astounding and, and it goes to show and I, I guess I do talk a lot about how the US is excellent for cash flow um, and not necessarily capital growth but that doesn't mean that you don't get some growth in in certain areas and I think really this area, um, you know, in, in in Michigan, there's a brand new Fair Chrysler plant being built, which is um, going. I think it's opening in October this year. Um, you know, about one and a half mile away from where this property is located, and Fair Chrysler at the moment are, are spending 1.9 million dollars giving grants out to homeowners in this area to improve their properties. So, area people are going to want to be moving into these areas, and and, and I think you do you do start to see surges of, of property prices. And I think what happened here is. When she was looking at buying the property, it probably was worth that 95. But by the time she had bought it, renovated it, and was looking at to sell it, it's now worth the 115, 120. So that's a fantastic result for her.
1: She sold her business and then wanted to jump into the property market. But we gain a better understanding of what was happening during that interval period for her.
0: I think um, she was she was lucky enough to be able to have some funding from the sale of the business. So she she ran a um, not Airbnb, but she was sort of doing a similar process with units down here in Docklands. So what was she was doing would be managing the short-term rental of a bunch of units in a in a block uh, in Docklands here in Melbourne. And this was sort of she'd been doing it for about 20 years, you know, before Airbnb became a big thing. And I think to be honest with you, it was probably Airbnb that that really was the nail in the coffin for her business. You know, being a, a bit of a disruptor, it's it sort of made it very difficult for her going forward because, you know, anyone could buy a unit and then, of course, you know, get a short-term rentals through the Airbnb sites and not have to go through, you know, using managers, property managers like she would be doing. So, I think that was where she saw the writing on the wall and then was lucky enough to be able to sell the business before it sort of got to a point where there probably wasn't any value left um, and, and she was able to get out. And again, I mentioned, I think that one of her, a, a sort of a goal of hers on her bucket list was to, to live at the Gold Coast. So, she moved up there. Um, and she wanted to, one of the things that she's always wanted to do on the Gold Coast was to open a seafood restaurant. So that, that's, yeah, so that's what she was looking at doing. And you know, she she had some nice funds from the sale of the business and the sale of a property down here in Melbourne. Um, she bought the house. She had already previously, I should say, bought the house in, in the Gold Coast and was and was actually using Airbnb to, to rent that out while she was down here. But then she, when she moved up there, she lived in that property. So she did have some funds behind her. But she was finding it extremely difficult to be able to get the the, uh, the business up and running and, and starting to eat into the funds that she had to a point where, you know, nearly 18 months later, I think she was starting to see that she if she wasn't careful, she was literally going to run out of money. Now, you know, at, you know and I'm not talking out of school here, but she, you know, had had her 60th birthday down here. So, you know, that's very difficult for someone at her age to be able to go back to, to work and, and there's not a lot open for people as far as jobs and things. unfortunately, uh, as you get a little older there's a, there is whether we like it or not, there seems to be a bit of a stigma against older people going into the workforce. So you know she was focusing on this thinking that it was going to be very difficult for her if she had to get a job. So that's where I think the property investing sort of came to her and she thought maybe it was something she could do. Um, she didn't have enough funds left to be able to purchase property and with no income it was going to be very hard for her to get a, to get a loan here in Australia. Uh, to buy a property here so that's where you know when she heard about the US um, and I think she might have seen one of our ads, I'm not sure how she found us again but uh, when she heard about the US and she had enough funds to be able to invest and you didn't have to worry about uh, getting loans for these properties, that's when she reached out and, um, and started uh, exploring that option.
1: Stuart explains how the process works and how long it takes before you're actually purchasing properties in the US.
0: In her case, it was probably about six to eight weeks um, to get all of that done. I mean, there's there's some setup that you need to do also in the US and here, as far as structures and and so on and so forth. We we don't necessarily recommend anyone to invest in the US in their own name, um, but there's some that you know there is some some tax implications and some asset protection issues you'd want to be wary of, and and always certainly I would recommend have a chat to your accountant about that uh, or financial planner and and talk about how to structure this properly so that you don't sort of find yourself stuck with buying properties in, in, in your own name that you've got to sort of deal with. But, you know, so, so there is all this process where she's talking to her accountant and getting all that set up and, and getting a company structure set up and, and also we're getting the strategy working for her and getting that organized. You know, so I think it would have been about nearly eight weeks before she was able to purchase the first property and then probably another six weeks on or 12 weeks on before she purchased the second. Um, now, the first one was ready and on the market for her in about four months, what I call under the hammer. So, it was quite a fairly large renovation. So, it took her about um, four months all up, calendar months to have the property finished and, and on the market for sale.
1: You aided her in that whole process and managed all that for her? Is that what, what you were doing? Or did she actually go over there and do any of that herself?
0: There's a couple of ways that, that we can help people. One is that we can we can either um, support and, and, and um, assist and, and, you know, you have basically um, what we call do it with you, <laughs> you know, literally help you with the investing, help you find the properties, help you get the contractors, help you get the renovations done, everything you need. It's it's literally what I call a joint venture without having the money partner, <laughs> um, you know, and, and that's, that's the first thing. Now, we, we do have other people who are not interested in, in learning or, or doing it themselves at all, and in that particular case, you know, we can look at, at doing it for them and where we literally just get in and do it for them. Uh, and that's generally people who don't have a lot of time. Um, you know, they can't put aside any time or anything like that or have absolutely no interest. They just want to be able to invest some money. Um, but generally, a lot of people are quite interested in the idea. They, they love the idea. I mean, you know, at the moment there's a lot of fix and flip shows that you see on televisions and things like that. And people find that very fascinating and love to be able to learn how to get into the market and learn how to buy the properties. And that's that's where I think we, we come in and can help people, you know, doing all that. But it, you're not certainly not on your own. It's, it's it would be very difficult to do it without any sort of support or backing or having it or having had any experience in in what you're doing.
1: We find out about what the goal was in terms of how many properties she wanted to have in her portfolio.
0: At this stage, these these two were on her main strategy. I mean, at the at the end of the day, she still would love to get back to doing her 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 restaurant, that's what her real uh, end goal is here. So what we'll look at doing for her is, is probably purchasing one to two more properties in the next 12 months, um, getting them renovated. And, and what we're looking at doing now, first and foremost for her, it's more important to build back up her capital so that she's got that money to be able to invest in her business. And then what she'll do is she'll start looking at buying a couple of properties to hold onto them as rentals. So then she can start developing a passive income and she'll probably stop the flipping altogether. Um, The flipping is is not something she necessarily has a passion for. She just sees it as an avenue to be able to generate the wealth or the capital she needs to invest back in her business, which is her passion. So, you know, once again, I think we've spoken before about the the strategy and, and, and how critical it is to be able to, first of all, decide exactly what it is that you want from your property investing. Um, and it it may even be like in her case, the actual property investing itself isn't what she's after. She's looking at, at the restaurant is what she, is her passion and that's what she loves. But the vehicle of property investing will be able to get her that restaurant. And that's what she's looking
1: at. So what kind of time frame are we looking at to help her achieve that? I think
0: she's probably looking at another 12 months. So she, she's been working on this now for six months. So I think another 12 months by the end of this year, she should be in a position after having done probably two more two more deals. So that'll be four deals all up for her. Um, she's already got two. I think two more in the next twelve months would be enough for her to get to get started and, and make sure she can jump into the restaurant. And then after that, we can start developing a little bit of passive income for her from from some rental properties, just to give her that safety so that she knows as she's getting the restaurant set up. And you know, as we know with all restaurants and all businesses, it can take some time to be able to, for the business to to be able to generate a return. She'll have that passive income behind her to give her a bit of support. So, she can still live and and so on and so forth while the business is sort of in its groundwork phase.
1: Coming up after the break, we discuss how easy it can be investing in the US.
0: She has not set foot in the States and actually has no intention of ever doing so.
1: Why it might be more risky buying in Australia than the US.
0: There's probably less risk involved in purchasing a US property than there is in buying a a unit, you know, in in Sydney.
1: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. One of the great advantages of having a great team around you and working with people that you trust is that you won't even need to set foot in the US to invest in property.
0: That's actually not a requirement. Um, she has not set foot in the States and actually has no intention of ever doing so. So yeah, she, she actually doesn't, you, you don't actually have to do that. And now I know we've had previous clients uh, who certainly have done so. Uh, and particularly if they've got a real passion for what they're doing and they really love that, uh, the, the investing and the flipping in the US. Uh, I, I, d- I certainly do recommend that you get over there and, and you know step foot in your market and, and, and you know, walk the streets and, and see the properties and talk to the people and build the relationships by all means. But, but that is certainly not a requirement. You can certainly do that from, you, from your your living room here without actually ever stepping foot over there. Um, you don't have to have bank accounts set up in the US. You can do it through trust accounts and escrow accounts and so on and so forth with with uh, foreign exchange providers and title companies and, and property attorneys, et cetera. Uh, you know, you can set up LLC companies and that sort of thing from here um, There's people here in Australia that can do that for you or there are people in the US that you can contact and they will do it for you It's just a matter of sending documents backwards and forwards. So, so in actual fact, there's no real need now in, in her case, she was lucky enough. She sort of piggybacked off our team on the ground over there um, She wanted she you know time was of the essence for her. So as you were saying, you know, she, she really only wanted you know, she in fact she would love to have done it in 12 months but she had to understand that certain things take time and and while property is is certainly a viable vehicle it's no it's no magic bullet and it takes time to be able to set up a, a decent portfolio and she understood that so but but she also didn't want to waste any time so she piggybacked off off our strategy she was working in Michigan where I work um, we she, we used uh, contractors that I use we we you know, use wholesalers that I that I use to be able to get the deal for her. So rather than try and have her set herself up in an area and have that take, you know, I guess what you were thinking there is if you were to set yourself up in your own area, I'd allow sort of sixty to ninety days to do that. You know, to to really have that team on the ground ready to go so you could actually buy your first home. I think that's a sort of a sixty to ninety day journey. And I think you wanna you wanna be careful and you want to make sure you do it properly and I wouldn't rush that. Um, now, once you set up that team, you can then start buying properties as quickly as you as as your finances uh, like. But you know, but um, but I think that's something I wouldn't rush. Now, on her in her case, because she sort of came on board with us, she's able to piggyback off the off the fact that we've already got team on the ground and we've been using them for years, and um, so that saved her that time. You know, and and so what I like to say is, we're not doing or we're not showing you anything that you can't do yourself. But what we are doing is help people collapse time. And get into it a lot quicker and a lot faster, and to start seeing those returns a lot quicker than maybe if they were doing it themselves.
1: It is about overcoming that fear, and once you do that, you can end up like his client and build a successful portfolio in the U.S.
0: I was rapt for her with her result, you know. And and look, I, I suppose I've, I've got to say these sort of results are not necessarily uh, common um, to have such a great uplift there. And she's going to be getting forty-five percent plus return on this property, you know. And that that is an amazing uh, outcome for her, and that's fantastic, you know. We but generally, twenty to twenty-five percent is what we sort of aim for, and that's what I, you know, tell a lot of people you'd be looking at. But but it does show that you know once you sometimes all you got to do is take that step and get started, and you can be surprised. You really can sometimes surprise yourself at what the outcomes can be. Um, and and the fear of starting is what holds a lot of people back from actually achieving. And once they get into it, and she actually spoke to me only a couple of months ago. And she's saying she she'd never realised how actually easy it would be. She she didn't. She just thought it would be really difficult. And and she realises now that it's actually not that hard. It's actually she's bought property here in Australia before, so she sort of knew a little bit about how that works. And she and and so that well once you get started, that fear can melt away, and and it's not as bad as it might seem up front.
1: We now turn to Stuart himself and delve into his journey at the moment and what his current property situation is.
0: We talk about a lot about strategy and, and my particular strategy. I love the, I love the flipping um, homes. I, I really do. Now, having said that, I'm certainly not an interior designer or a decorator or anything like that. Um, so you know, my strategy. I I, I purchase um, the distressed homes. I, I do them up and I tenant them. And then we sell them as tenanted investment properties, and we sell them to investors who are looking for sort of high cash flow properties. So, you know, that's that's my strategy. And I, I look at uh, generally single family homes, possibly I look into the multifamily area, I'd be looking particularly at the duplexes or triplexes that we were speaking about earlier. Um, those sort of, you know, they're the sort of properties that I look for. I look around about that, you know, I'm looking for a property that's worth or that I can sell for around about or just under that $100,000 mark at the end when I'm finished. You know that's a, that's a pretty good number and um, and once you and I'm looking for properties that can be returning at least 10 more likely 12% return after costs if possible.
1: How did you come up with that particular number 100,000? Why that number?
0: If I say to you, hey Tyrone, we've got a property here that's that's $92,000, you're thinking, wow, that's that's really really cheap. If I say to you, "We've got a property that's one hundred and two thousand dollars," it just makes it sound so much more expensive, right? Because now you've got a one in front of it. There's six digits instead of five, and so on and so forth. So, you know, in a lot of cases, it's it's so much easier to sell a property to someone at that eighty to ninety thousand mark than it is to sell a property that's worth one hundred and five to one hundred and ten. There seems to be this this mindset thing where this um, extra digit, the extra zero on the end, now is just makes the difference, and. um, so you know that that's really that's really all it is that I found, uh, and the other thing is you know you you want to make sure that the property has got to be giving a good return for the investor who's buying it. So you know the most important thing here would be that the property is returning at least a ten percent return after costs. Now, if you're going to be buying two hundred, if you're going to be paying two hundred thousand dollars for the property, then the rental return, the, the the rental amount per month that the that the tenant's going to have to pay is going to have to start being pretty high to be able to give you a ten percent return on that money. Uh, after particularly after all costs, so that that's where it gets a little more difficult. So we find this sweet spot is somewhere around about the sixty to ninety thousand US. That's a real sort of sweet spot in there, and uh, you know we can easily get ten, twelve, fourteen percent return. You know the properties have got to be tenanted. You know you can't be selling vacant properties if you're talking about selling a cash flow because you, you could be a month without getting a tenant and you've just wasted a month of your year of your income for the year so you've got to have a property that's tenanted you've got to have a property that's had a renovation done recently you don't want to be stuck with any large repair bills because again that could easily eat away any of your profit for the year if you've got to spend eight thousand dollars to replace a roof um, that's a huge chunk of your rental payments for the year you see so you know these are the yeah that's right and and that's the thing you're not talking about you know, Hundreds of thousands of dollars in rent. You, you are literally talking about someone who's paying you $12, 13 $14,000 a year in rent which can be giving you a 12 or 13% return on, on your investment which is fantastic. But if you have to spend $10,000 on doing that property up or getting it into a condition where it's livable or getting your rental permit, then you've just eaten up your whole year's rent. So you've got to be very careful on that.
1: Many people might think that is too dangerous or too risky to invest in the US but Stu explains why that is not actually the case.
0: A lot of people don't realize it or they look at me strange when I say that that, you know, that people ask me, isn't the US risky? Well, in actual fact, what you just said is true. There's probably less risk involved in purchasing a US property than there is in buying a, a unit you know, in, in Sydney because you, you, there's no, you're nowhere near so heavily leveraged into the property. Um, you don't have so much capital and, and equity invested in that deal. That you know, something goes wrong, you can generally get out of it for what you paid for it and get your money back, and and think, okay, that's a learning lesson. Um, Rather than if you really do something wrong in our market here, you could actually find yourself um, facing bankruptcy. So it can be very dangerous. Um, You know, if you've got a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage on a property um, and you lose your job, that can be a a real, a real strain. um, You know, on, on how to get, on how to move forward. But, um, but yeah, you know, and, and volume is correct. You know, what I, I like to try and, and do sort of three to four of these a month. Um, you know, now we've, we're lucky enough now to be able to have developed, a, um, you know, through a lot of our marketing. We have a lot of people come to us who are looking to buy high cash flow properties, not necessarily interested in learning how to flip them. They just want to buy property to add to a portfolio that, that can generate them some really good cash. So we're, able, yeah. we're then able to, of course, you know, link them up with the properties that we renovate. So they can get some really good high cash flow properties recently renovated all tenanted giving them at least that 10 to 12 to 15 percent return on their money
1: he shares with us some of the other projects that he's been working on while still helping his clients apart
0: from of course helping a lot of our people and we've just launched um, before christmas our investors in a circle um, which is essentially a, uh, a an online networking uh, portal um, where people can get together and, and support do a support work and we have some workshops and I run some online coaching calls for people who are interested in US property, um, you know. So b- between that and uh, and our own investments and then helping our clients like Wanda before um, get her properties going and, and get them get them returns that that. Um, don't have a lot of time for too much else at the moment. Because we've been in the market so long, we have a lot of wholesalers who send a lot of deals to me. I don't actually buy retail properties anymore. We're now able to buy a lot of wholesale properties. Um, so we do a lot of feasibilities on a lot of properties and you know, I don't necessarily have the capacity to be able to purchase all of them. So that's where we get a lot of deals, off-market deals come through that we pass through to our inner circle members and they can pick those deals up themselves and start running with them. Um, and then they've of course got our support behind them if they if they you know hit a snag or or, or need anything any advice or anything as well. So once again, it's sort of what we try to do is help people collapse time and get into the markets faster, and get the properties renovated faster or tenanted faster, so they can get their returns or their their profits.
1: Thank you to Lindsay Stewart, our guest on this episode of Property Investory.